0: Welcome to this new edition of Café Klingendal, the podcast series of the Klingendal Institute. My name is Brigitte Dekker, researcher at Klingendal, and I am joined here today by Adriaan Schout, senior research fellow and coordinator of Klingendal's EU program. Adriaan, you are an expert on the EU governance and EU institutional affairs, and in your work you closely follow EU integration issues and the EU's better regulation agenda. Thank you for joining us today. We will focus on the European Commission of Jean-Claude Juncker. After five years in office, it's uh, time to take stock of the achievements of the Juncker Commission and, of course, uh, the challenges it has faced during its term. Do you think the Commission delivered on its promises?
1: Well, the question is what they were. This was the the Commission that wanted to be big on big and small on small, and it wanted to uh, have a focus, uh, so not everything in all sorts of directions, but uh, really the big things that the EU has to deliver in the eyes of the people. The ambitions were formulated in uh, 2014, but that was just after the Euro crisis. Uh, The Euro crisis was more or less solved by the ECB, basically by pouring in a lot of money in the European uh, economies. So we saw uh, different uh, growth levels per member state, but overall, high growth levels in the EU. So the the crisis was over, yet the commission was highly ambitious and wanted to to show the people that the EU can deliver, whereas it wasn't needed with the crisis. What it did do was it reduced its number of proposals. It also delivered when it comes to the migration crisis, which emerged after Juncker took office, Mm But there were also a lot of proposals that Juncker presented, which was highly ambitious, but that are now stalled by the Member States. So the important question to ask is whether this Commission was not overly ambitious. Some of the proposals that uh, Commission Juncker has presented that are now stalled, even quite predictably stalled, Member States would not want to go down that road. One of them is, for example, the whole package on the euro. Mm -hmm. Uh, Juncker proposed a fiscal capacity, a eurozone budget. And behind that lie thoughts and hopes of European taxation. Now the whole fiscal capacity discussion is stalled. That would have included a proposal from Juncker on a, a eurozone minister. I don't see that happening. That is also stalled. Uh, Juncker himself spoke about an EU army. I don't see that to happen. Uh, There are proposals about a fully operational European border and coast guard. That is so massively ambitious to have a fully operational European border and coast guard that I don't see that that will happen in reality. Yes, there will be things to help Greece and a lot of money will be pushed to what's called Frontex, because the EU wants to show that it can deliver, but member states will not accept a fully operational European border and coast guard. Uh, There is a proposal on qualified majority voting in foreign policy areas. Highly ambitious. I don't see a lot of support for that either. Then when it comes to climate change, of course there's enormous challenge. But as we have seen in the Netherlands, whether the public wants to have the consequences of that, whether it wants to pay for it, I am not quite sure what is going to happen with the climate transition uh, agendas, because the cost will be enormous. And this, this whole package, I mean, these ambitions that were so strong, and there are many others, like the revisions of the, 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 the Dublin rules, they are stalled. They, they hit the member states. The member states don't want to move. Juncker also explained his successes uh, and pointed out that, uh, okay, the important things, the member states do not want to cooperate. But we also have to take into account that this was a divisive commission. Countries that want to move further are now clashing much more with countries that are much more reserved see the position of the Netherlands. Uh, we see East. Uh, versus West, for example, over climate change, Uh, uh, that's one of the big difference. But also, this commission was very ambitious when it comes to the European values. But on the ground, we see that European values are much less defined, and as such, less supported than the overall statements. So this commission was very political, and I am not quite sure whether that was very wise.
0: To what extent do you think this ambition to be political as a commission has been successful? Should a next commission take the same strategy or should it revise the role of the commission a little bit?
1: Well there are at least two important questions. What is a political commission? Is a political commission a highly ambitious commission that will present proposals that the member states don't want? Uh, So what is the link between a a political commission and a highly active ambitious commission. Uh, you could also interpret it as more reserved so that you find a balance to which member states can subscribe instead of that you complain the member states for lacking ambitions. So th- th- there's a, what do you mean with political? Uh, this was the, the this was the commission that that uh, the EU has to deliver in the post-crisis situation of 2014 uh, and it wants to have a deepening uh, agenda, and we see the member states are highly reluctant. So I would be very much in favour of a political commission, but then I need to know what is a political commission? How do you? Ha- what's the pitch? Is it high or low? Or do you want to have a, a sort of integrating, interconnecting leadership style? So that needs to be clarified. The other thing, what you can see is that some member states, and particularly probably the Netherlands, are disappointed. Uh, quite strongly disappointed uh, in the extent to which this was a commission that was active in terms of monitoring and supervision. Yes, it was active when it comes to the European values in East European countries, but when it comes to the euro, Italy and France got the leeway that, particularly in a situation where the, the euro crisis is no longer such a threat, and we have growth, and Draghi has been pouring so much money into the uh, European economy, France and Italy still have major problems in meeting the objectives that were agreed 20 years ago. Uh, get, get your uh, budgets uh, in order, reform your economies. These are areas where we have seen uh, a politicization that was not there in the Commission, at least not to the extent. On the Barroso we had the budget Tsar, we had independent supervision of the monetary union, the economies. Olli Rehn was replaced by the French commissioner uh, Moscovici, but we didn't see a a lot in terms of acting against Italy and France. Uh, Quite predictably, we saw uh, that they got again uh, the the leeway. So there's a considerable disappointment in the member states uh, as regards the extent to which this political commission is able to enforce laws Uh, And that means that we really have to think very seriously about the further design of the Commission. Because uh, now that we're in areas that are politically sensitive, monitoring and supervision apparently are not in good hands in the European Commission. So we need to take tasks away from the European Commission, if the Commission wants to be credible.
0: So, you're talking about the structure of the Commission and uh, the structure of the Commission Juncker was uh, also new, if I understand correctly, but w- would you change that structure again or w- what is your vision about the structure of the Commission?
1: Well, the, the, the Commission has a very problematic design, uh, first of all because all sorts of tasks are, are, are uh, combined within the Commission that can't be com- combined in one organisation. But at the apex of the commission, the leadership, we have uh, 28, let's include the UK for the time being, 28 commissioners, which is uh, an awful lot for the tasks that have to be done. So this was the first commission where there was a very clear separation between important commissioners and less important commissioners, which is legally a bit dubious, because according to the treaties all commissions are equal, but this time we had Uh, seven Vice-Presidents, which really meant something in terms of coordinating other uh, Commission's. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether that was successful. The objective was of course that not all Commissioners could present proposals, but whether it worked like that I am not quite sure, because I've checked the number of citations of Vice-President Dombrovskis. He was for the economy in the Euro, but the commissioner under him for the Euro was Moscovici. Now, you find many more references to Moscovici in the Financial Times than to Dombrowski's. So I'm not quite sure the extent to which this really worked to have vice presidents, because a commissioner from a, like from France has a different weight. And this is for the Netherlands quite important, because who will be the next? Dutch commissioner, we are a smaller country, so our commissioners are not automatically benefiting from the weight of a big country. Uh, We already had a vice-president, even the first vice-president. So we should expect to have a a normal commissioner. So who who will be our next commissioner and will he or she operate under a vice-president of Malta or Slovenia? Uh, so, what kind of weight do we can we still expect to have? So, I'm not quite sure whether this vice president uh, formula worked on all fronts.
0: And what about the first vice president?
1: That's probably even a, a, a tougher question because the first vice president was supposed to be a really coordinating uh, vice president of all commissioners. Now. We will have to wait and see how history will, will judge the performance of the first vice president that we had, that was Franz Timmermans, uh, whether it was successful. Because what we also saw in the political commission was that Juncker and the chef de cabinet, later the secretary general of the commission, Selmayer, Juncker and Selmayer were a very active, ambitious team. And w- when they proposed policies, that was out of the hands of the first vice president. Uh, And I am not so sure to what extent the first vice president was able to interfere with the lack of supervision, for example by Moscovici. So a first vice president in a political commission with a strong secretary general or a strong chef de cabinet and some strong commissioners. I am not quite sure whether that, that has been the formula that really brought order and structure to the commission. I have serious doubts whether that's a, a working format.
0: And uh, well, as a, as a final question, what do you expect from the different Spitzen candidates and others who are often named to be to become the new Commission president?
1: Well, of course, we don't know about the names, uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the whole package of the next Commission uh, is going to function one thing is clear that the, the president of the commission has gained in weight and visibility. I'm not sure whether that is because of the Spitzenkandidaten and candidate and structure, but I think Juncker has set a, a, a new example, Barroso was much more of a, of a technocrat. Uh, and his predecessors uh, uh, were, were the same. Uh, the only difference was, was, was Jacques Delors. He was a real political active person. Uh, The next successor could follow in the steps of Juncker and really uh, continue with an ambitious European, deepening European agenda. Uh, And then we have a continuation of um, clashes between the Commission and the member states. So when it comes to the leadership positions uh, for the next European Commission and the the, the President of the European Council and the ECB etc. We really have to think very carefully what kind of profile we want from a president of the Commission. I have my doubts whether continuation of the Juncker-type political president is what the member states will accept much longer. And here we have a paradox. On the one hand, the EU has grave challenges. Um, I would say not so much that the economy of the EU is not doing well, the Eurozone, but we see big differences between the the member states in terms of the the, the resilience of their economic structures. Then of course we continue to have um, the climate change challenges and the migration challenges and the weaknesses in the the borders. Uh, And we have to work together when it comes to uh, security issues. So we need a commission that is able to work with member states to address big problems. But the next president of the commission has to be able to do this in a way that it interconnects the member states rather than that it pities the member states one against the other. Or that we see a continuation of clashes north, south, east, west that we have seen now. So uh, it has to be a president that is able to deal with the paradox of we need Europe to solve problems but we should do it in a way that that the member states are not alienated.
0: That will be something to look forward to in the coming weeks. Uh, We will definitely make sure to follow your work closely on this topic. And thank you again for talking to us today. Uh, And if you want to stay up to date on Café Klingendael, please register for our newsletter at www.klingendael.org.